RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. This episode of Priority One is brought to you by our Patreon supporter, Jim DeVico. We thank him and all our other patrons for their monthly support. Command codes verified. Priority One message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. Hello, Captains. You're listening to episode 376 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast, and your weekly report from the Star Trek multiverse, recorded live throughout the 2018 Star Trek Las Vegas convention. I'm Elijah. And I'm Kenna. All right, Kenna, we've had a long week. Yes, we have. But uh, let's uh, share what we're going to be including in this episode. Well, uh, today's episode, we're going to focus primarily on the announcement from Star Trek Online of new Discovery-themed content called Age of Discovery that's coming out this fall. So first up, we've got the, uh, the audio from the Discovery, Age of Discovery panel that you moderated, which features Mary Wiseman, uh, Al Rivera, uh, Bill Yates, and Thomas Maroney. And also special guest Rekha Sharma, who you will have heard by now, uh, is also going to be appearing in Age of Discovery. And after that, we've also got an interview with Al Captain Gecko Rivera and Jeremy Bordicus Randall. Now, Captains, we won't be having feedback this episode, but you know that we love to keep those hailing frequencies open. For example, here during the Star Trek Las Vegas convention, we've had the amazing opportunity of meeting so many of you here in person as you introduce yourselves as you got a, a free t-shirt it's it's always an honor and a privilege to be able to shake hands and take pictures with those of you that invite us into your lives each and every week and we cannot express how grateful we are for that opportunity so don't forget that you can reach out to us on facebook.com forward slash priority one podcast you can hit us up on twitter at priority one pod you can even send us an email via incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. So, Elijah, one thing I think that we should do before we get into the real meat of uh, this week's episode is just a little quick digest from, from you and from me about what this convention was like, our highlights, and uh, everything that happened. So, I feel as though this year flew by in a way that never has before. Like, I always think to myself, oh, wow, it's, it's it, the, we always say, oh, the week flies by. But yeah. in this scenario, the week for me really did fly by. It was like, yeah. wait, today's Friday? Get what? What are you talking about? And it wasn't necessarily because I, I, we were so busy. Like, it, we were, mm-hmm. it's actually, this year was actually quite calm. You know, we weren't throwing microphones in everybody's faces. It, it, there just wasn't an opportunity for it. Mm-hmm. And the end goal was Sunday. Perhaps that's why the week went by so yeah, fast probably. was because my mind was got to get to Sunday, got to get to Sunday, got to get to Sunday. Don't lose your voice. Stay healthy. And that's because of your the, the panel that you moderated with, with Star Trek Online. That's right. The panel yep. with, with um, Star Trek Online. 
So, yeah, that, that, that's what was interesting. You know, we spend a lot of our time in the vendor hall, so I, I don't get a chance to visit the panels very mm -hmm. much. Um, perhaps the big announcement that we'd be remiss to ignore for this episode is the fact that Patrick Stewart has, in fact, been signed on to work on a Old Man Picard uh, series. <laughs> I don't think that that's what it's going to be it's called. It's not going to be called <laughs> Old Man Picard, but I like to think of it in that in that way, like Old Man Logan. Yeah. Um, but you were at that panel. Why don't you tell I us? I was. Tell, tell me yeah, a little bit about I went that. down there, and uh, you, you know me. I'm a little bit of a cynical person. All of these new announcements, I'm, I've been a bit cynical. I'll hold my hands up. Um, but I wanted to go in and, and see what the, what the big deal was all about. Um, and there were rumors floating around. There was rumors on the show floor that they were having to sneak somebody in. And it was so the, the, the atmosphere was already kind of tense. Now, what was funny to me is uh, immediately before the announcement was uh, William Shatner's panel. And as I was walking to it, people were streaming out of the main hall. Like everyone was just leaving. And like, it was actually really difficult to get in. Um, and I was looking around going, they did not get the memo. <laughs> but of course it filled up actually pretty quickly after right. that. Right. And as soon as Alex Kurtzman brought Patrick Stewart out on stage, it, it was the atmosphere in that room just was incredible. Fans were so incredibly happy. I mean, there was there was a woman who was just shouting, you know, back behind me, and oh, thank God, this is this amazing news thing. I mean, no one was people were crying. People were crying. They were screaming, standing ovations. And the thing that was the most significant to me was that you know, there's been a lot of controversy around Discovery, not just the show, but also with CBS All Access. Even Star Trek Online has faced a little bit of backlash over the Discovery content, and I think part of that was it was it was very much made as a show that's hey, we're going to make some Star Trek, so I hope you like it. This announcement feels like Star Trek is being made with the fans' engagement again. And even Patrick Stewart talked about how it was the fan reaction to his role as Captain Picard that ultimately led him to change his mind and make that decision to come back as that character. And I think it was kind of, it felt very loving and like this is something for the fans that they're going to do, which is fantastic. And you know, stuff like this doesn't happen at STLV. It right, happens at right, Comic-Con. Right, right, right. Uh, and for them to have this announcement here at STLV in front of all these fans who did not expect to see Patrick Stewart on stage was just electrifying. And yeah. I, I can't emphasize enough how cool it was to be there and part of that moment. Well, we encourage you, Captains. We're not going to go too much into detail about our opinions for it. We're going to save that for when we're back on our regularly scheduled programming. Uh, we'll also have a recording with... Um, Women at Warp and Mission Log to give our, our own opinions on that so mm -hmm. you can be sure to, to, to check that out. The other thing, I, I before we move on with the show, I do want to take a moment and thank our patrons so much for their patronage. Mm -hmm. uh, throughout the convention, we did our best to use... The, utilize the tools that Patreon gives us, like Lens, the you know po posts. So you you are already receiving our interviews, some behind the scenes look uh, at, at the convention. 
you were already you were here with us throughout the the, the week, and and yep. we hope that you enjoyed that coverage. We hope to continue to do that. The more and more we do these uh, live events, and for those of you unfamiliar, you know, Lens is is uh, gives us an opportunity to do Snapchat like featurettes uh, exclusive to our patrons, and there's no there's no uh, there's no tier for that. It's yep. one dollar and up. Um, be a patron and, and you'll get access to that. And then at the $10 level and up, not only will you get you know, live unedited recordings from each week, but for those patrons, we uh, started publishing interviews yep. like the ones with uh, Andrew Robinson, who plays Elam Garrick. You know, these things I, we were, I was trickling out throughout the week for our patrons because we are so very grateful to them uh, for all that they do for Priority One. So now, without further ado, the first of a couple of episodes worth of content from Star Trek Las Vegas 2018. Enjoy. Computer status report. Status. Incoming message. I'm only in the mood for good news today. Good morning, Captains. I'm Elijah of Priority One Podcast a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast, and I welcome you this morning to celebrate Star Trek Online, the critically acclaimed, massively multiplayer online role-playing game set in the Star Trek universe, and now boldly going into the age of discovery. And we have a lot to cover, so without further ado, I'd like to introduce to you some of the developers from Cryptic Studios, lead ship and UI artist Thomas Maroney. Art director Bill Yates. And lead designer, Al Rivera. Well, welcome, gentlemen. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> now, before we talk uh, about the latest announcement, Al, why don't you give us a, a brief overview of what Star Trek Online is? Sure, okay. How many people here have played Star Trek Online? Awesome. All right. Uh, who here doesn't know anything about Star Trek Online and just wants to see our special guest? <laughs> liar! Liar! <laughs> okay, so Star Trek Online is a massively multiplayer online game. Um, you can play it on, on PC, Xbox One, or PlayStation 4. You can play either with, as a federation, the, the uh, Klingon Empire, the Romulan Republic, or even in the TOS uh, era as a TOS captain. There are dozens of uh, races that you can choose from and hundreds of starships. In Star Trek Online, you are the captain and you build your ship, your crew, and you customize them, and you go on missions and adventures throughout the galaxy and visit iconic locations like uh, Deep Space Nine, the Delta Quadrant, Quonos, or Penthe, uh, Vulcan, pretty much every place you can think of, plus hundreds of uh, locations uh, that we've never seen before on the show. We have been privileged to have had dozens of actors from the show join us and lend their voice, and you get to go on missions and explore their story alongside them. Um, and uh, most importantly, Star Trek Online is free to play. It's free to play right now, and you can go home and download it uh, for your PC, for your Xbox One or PlayStation 4, and uh, play right now for free. Now, you talk a lot about going on these journeys with some of the actors. Tell us about Age of Discovery and how that's going to come into play. Right, so that's the real exciting news. So Star Trek Online starts, as a, uh, the primary storyline is in 2409, which is about 30 some odd years uh, after uh, Nemesis. But we represent all, all eras of Star Trek, including the Kelvin timeline, um, the TOS uh, time, Enterprise time, we even go into the future, 
with, uh, say, the value of Battle of Procyon 5 and, and the Wells class timeline. So, but now we've been working really closely with the writers uh, and, uh, of, of Discovery, including uh, Alex Kurtzman and Kirsten Beyer, and now we're going to bring uh, Discovery to the forefront of uh, Star Trek Online. And to kick that off, we are humbled and honored and so excited that Mary Wiseman will be joining us to uh, kick off Star Trek Discovery for Star Trek Online. That's right, Mary Wiseman, that is absolutely exciting. But what's more exciting is that we are honored to have her join us on stage right now. Ladies and gentlemen, actress Mary Wiseman. Hi. Oh, Mary, thank you so very much for joining us here on stage today. Uh, how are you doing, first of all? Um, amazing. No, we understand that you're busy with uh, season two, and as much as we'd like to ask you all those questions, we're going to talk about Age of Discovery here in Star Trek Online. Hello. Why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about your involvement with Star Trek Online um, and what your part will be? Uh, well, I'll be playing the part of Tilly. Um, <laughs> surprise! <laughs> Tell surprise. Uh, um, she's going to be, it's, it's at a time when she's still at the Academy. Um, and she's still got that exuberance and that uh, sort of green quality we love in Tilly so much. Um, and she'll kind of like lead you through this experience. Uh, and uh, it's going to also take, a, take place at the same time as the Battle of the Binary. It's just after. Just after yeah, just the after Battle of Binary Stars. That's actually what I said, but. <laughs> 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 the Battle of the Binary Stars. And so there's going to be that exuberance of school and also the anxiety and tension of um, us going to work. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, why don't we take a little look at what the team's been working on so far? That's me. That's you. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, that's awesome so far. Seriously, though. That's pretty good so far. <laughs> Even that. So that's really very, cool. very early, uh, work in, it's a very early work in progress. We're still currently working on that right now. That's amazing. So what do you think now that you're going to be immortalized in a video game? Uh, it's so surreal. I don't know. <laughs> I don't understand how this is happening. <laughs> <laughs> now, Bill, I want to turn to you for a second. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about what it takes to take a live person uh, and digitize them? So... Uh, it, it's kind of creepy, actually, how we start. We get so many photos of you, and they're all, I mean, you get a little, you got a little bit of it in the video there, where one of his monitors has just got picture after picture after picture, and just trying to find all the characteristics you have when we look at you, and then capture those in, uh, in digital form uh, in the game. So when people play the game, they have that immersive value that they get to see, and they're like, wow, this is so cool, I'm here. There's Tilly, it actually is Tilly, so. Um, and it's a challenge too. Uh, we, we were hoping to have uh, to be a little further along, but uh, you know, good things are worth waiting for. So you guys will you'll have to jump in when the expansion launches later this year and check it out. So cool. Now, Mary, when you were approached by Cryptic Studios uh, to lend your voice to the video game, a, a game that have, has millions of players all around the world, what what was your reaction? Um, just like and nothing makes sense again it was just like why what how is this happening um how did how am i here in my life uh and it was really exciting my fiance loves to play video games and he's a big star trek fan so he was like really really pumped about the prospect of playing a video game with me in it uh, <laughs> but it's hard to wrap your mind around just mainly the uh, primary reaction now can you tell us a little bit about your experience being a part of such 
an amazing franchise with 50 years of history? Uh, it's crazy. I mean, I'm gobsmacked. It's, uh, you never really get over the initial, like, surprise and um, joy from, from finding out you get to be a part of something like this. I drove over here with, like, Marina Sirtis and LeVar Burton, and he was like, hi, I'm LeVar, and I was like, I know. Uh, it, it's like the, the idea that I get to be around these people that I grew up watching and that were important to me, and that I'm part of that and will do that for other people is, um, it's, it's incredible. It's, uh, I'm so humbled and grateful. I mean, you truly are an inspiration. I mean, you know, it's, it wasn't long ago that you were in Juilliard, correct? Yeah. And now you are in this remarkable journey, uh, an inspiration to young actors and, and young women all over the world. Oh, that's sweet. I don't, yeah. Oh, I... <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, Cadet Tilly uh, has really woven, woven herself into the hearts of many Trek fans. Uh, hashtag silly for Tilly. <laughs> T-shirts. T-shirts are, are not on sale. They're not on sale. Um, did you ever anticipate this, this, that level of, of attachment to Tilly? No, but it's so beautiful. It's so, every time I see someone dress up as Killy or um, Tilly or someone reaches out to me online or I get to meet people, every time it's deeply meaningful to me. It's so, it's moving and it's crazy and um, I never ever expected it, but it just, it means everything to me. Well, we, we, we made a shirt for you. You should definitely own the Silly for Tilly t-shirt. It's a little narcissistic, but I'll do it. Now, let's, let's, everyone must make sure that that starts trending, all right? Yes. Silly for Tilly. Make sure that all, trends, guys. Yeah. Make sure that trends. On all your STLV, all your STLV tweets, Silly for Tilly. <laughs> Global chat. Yeah. <laughs> So, Bill, I want to go uh, talk a little bit about costumes in Star Trek Online. Um, I think we have a slide coming up here. These are the Discovery uniforms uh, as well as the EV suits. Um, when working with a live-action franchise right now that is currently on screen, do you have different approaches when bringing these assets into the game? Uh, well, there's, there's a ton of different ways uh, that you can generate these types of assets. Uh, typically, typically, there, all right. <laughs> Typically what uh, we do is we get a ton of reference from both uh, CBS and uh, from watching the show itself. Um, that guy with the camera right there in front, Nick, uh, he's a master at finding reference from the show. Yeah, props. he's one of our artists. Um, but uh, we get tons of reference from the show and uh, we, we just get, try to get every angle, every aspect, and then once we get it, uh, we have a pretty standard approach to generating 3D assets where we create a, a high-res 3D sculpt, which is kind of technical, sorry. Uh, uh, but it's like a, a mold of clay is the way to think of it. Uh, and then we can take that and then boil it down to what you see on the screen there, uh, which is the actual runtime asset in the game. And it's super, super fun to, uh, for all of our artists to replicate what you see in the show in the game. It's, it's like the people we have on the team are incredibly passionate about that. Now, costumes aren't the only thing that you're bringing into the game from, from Discovery. We're also going to be seeing new species, or species rather, that have been reimagined for the television series. I think we have um, well, some of the props, and now, for instance, the new Andorian. What about bringing those to life in Star Trek Online? So, um, we're actually really excited uh, about some of the new looks. Um, the Andorian there being one of them, where they really try to, I think, push the alien nature of what the Andorians are in the series. And uh, we have uh, the same artist who uh, is doing the uh, likeness of Mary, 
uh, also did this one. And uh, it, was, it was really exciting to work with him and see how you look at the, you look at the show and you're like, oh, that's a, such a cool looking Andorian now. And then I walk over to his desk like a week later and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's such a cool Andorian. <laughs> so, uh, and uh, every day, uh, we, the, the, the art guys on the team and gals, they, they do such awesome work. And uh, w the stuff like what you see on the screen there, um, it's just, it's something we do. We're passionate about it. And uh, uh, if you guys see any of the guys over at the booth, uh, come over and talk to us we can tell you about how we you know how, fun, how much fun it is to make the game and get into probably a little bit more details than i should up here on the, the podium <laughs> mary what are your thoughts is that pretty authentic to what you saw on set that looks exactly like the guy <laughs> um, almost exactly it's amazing you guys are brilliant now are we get to work with him and as a no i just i just met him in like the makeup trailer but he seemed very cool Thank you. <laughs> Do you get it? Zandorian. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm gonna go now. <laughs> Bill, what other species might we see? Um, oh, jeez. Well, um, well, obviously, yeah, Klingons. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, the Klingons actually was a a, a pretty challenging. Uh, a lot of people don't realize. You, you can see in the picture there up on the screen. Uh, the back of their head is crazy. Um, but uh, uh, one of our really good uh, character artists uh, named Jonathan, he, uh, he did that uh, Klingon male, and we also, uh, you'll be seeing Klingon females as well. But uh, yeah, they uh, are, are, oh geez, I'm trying to think of the right word. Um, yeah, they're awesome. I'll just leave <laughs> yeah. it at that. You know, it's, it's one of the things that doesn't really help is that there are 12 Klingon houses and they all have their own uniform and they're ridiculously complex. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, the, uh, we, we had many conversations about yeah. which one are we going to show and then we're like, well, let's start with one and then well, can we get to two and then we get to three. Yeah, it's, uh, it's crazy. And then we, you know, it's, it comes back to that uh, tremendous amount of reference gathering that we have to do uh, to capture the side view, the back view, the front view. Uh, we, we don't have the advantage of film where, you know, the camera can hide things. We have to show it from every single angle. So it's, it's a challenge, but fun. Now, if we go to the next slide, we may get a chance to look at the new big baddie that is coming to Star Trek Online. Al, why don't you tell us a little bit about who players are going to have to face? So uh, we're really excited about this. That is Ja'ula, and Ja'ula is the sister of Takuvma. Uh, Jula is from the uh, Discovery comics, written by uh, Mike Johnson, uh, as well as uh, Kirsten Byers uh, uh, works on that as well. And um, so she is from House Mokai, and House Mokai is a matriarchy. So we're going to see a lot of badass female Klingons in, in, uh, in Age of Discovery. And she's going to basically be your, your nemesis, your foil. Um, we're going to meet her in the very beginning in the tutorial, and um, so Tilly is going to meet her too. Uh, <laughs> and she's really intimidating. She's uh, but scary. We, yeah, she is scary. But what's really, really awesome, and this is what I can't emphasize enough, is how much the that Al Kurtzman and Kirsten Byer is working with us and saying, "What can we do to help you?" And and says, "You know, we need a bad guy." And says, "We're just going to do well. Okay, we'll do a female Klingon." And they're like, "Hey." Take Jaula, right? We've got a story backstory for her in the comics. We know a lot about her already. Go ahead and take that character, and that's amazing that we can do that kind of cross that cross work across across all the di different media. Yeah. yeah. 
So be sure to pick up those IDW comics. So uh, I've actually got a kind of a funny anecdote about her, if I can just... Uh, we were trying to get that look. You guys, you know, she looks like she pretty much wants to kill you and you're not worth the gum on the bottom of her shoe. I mean, hopefully you guys get that look. <laughs> but the, uh, the first look we, we had, she was grimacing, but she looked like a, like a Colgate teeth model. Like, teeth were perfect. We're like, no, they don't have good teeth. And then we made her like, close her mouth. And then she looked like she was like smelling something bad. And then, <laughs> and then so we were going, I mean, you remember, yeah, yeah we were going, and we're like, no, no. And then uh, we got to this look and it was just like, yes, she's, you know, you're, you're not, you're not worth the time of day. And she really wants to, uh, uh, either make you into a slave or exterminate you or get rid of you. It's a, it, was a, it, was a, it was a fun journey to get to that look. So any other surprise species we might uh, see in the game? Uh, well, maybe, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, uh, the, the tardigrade, or uh, you know, as we call it, the ripper, um, That's right, the yeah. Ripper. Oh my God, yeah. did, did somebody say the Ripper? <laughs> Tilly, save me! <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Rekha Sharma. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. So, hold on a second. Does this mean that is gonna be in the game too? Yes. Rekha Sharma is gonna be joining us on, uh, for, for Age of Discovery um, sometime early next year. And we're, and, uh, we're super excited. Uh, I've gotten, gotten very fortunate to get to know Reka a little bit over the convention, and uh, I'm super stoked. She's a wonderful lady. So, she is. <laughs> Reka, you're going to be immortalized in a game. How does that make you feel? <laughs> this this face, I think that probably says it all. Um, I like cool. Um, I don't even understand. I I can't wait to see it. I love the idea that people will get to play. With me, as me, what? With, with you, not as you. <laughs> I, yeah, I like playing. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm excited. Now, you're no stranger to uh, to the science fiction genre. You know, after a very successful run of Battlestar Galactica as as Troy Foster, um, the final five. Um, the, talk to us about this new journey into Star Trek and and how that's been for you. Oh my God, it's um, it's been amazing to. I mean, I screamed like a little girl when I found out I got cast uh, to be in Star Trek. Something I've been watching since I was a child is phenomenal. Um, you know, I, I, I used to come home after school and eat milk and cookies and watch Star Trek. And it was the first thing I saw as a little girl in a brown, you know, a brown girl. Sorry, I'm a little tired. In a, in a you know, very white neighborhood. Um, that it showed me the possibilities for the future that maybe <laughs> everybody wouldn't be racist one day. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Plus, it's just like super cool. I, I could tell you when we signed both of you, I screamed like a little girl, too. <laughs> <laughs> I can vouch for that. <laughs> can confirm. Yeah. Has been confirmed. <clears throat> <laughs> well, you'll, you'll no doubt now be and continue to be an inspiration for other actors, as I was telling Mary, uh, you know, young women actors, young aspiring actors, so, so congratulations to you both. Thank you. <laughs> Rika inspires me. Now, we really hope, though, that you don't have any serious fears of little tiny bears, tardigrade bears. No? 
<laughs> so, uh, speaking of iconic ships, as we've mentioned earlier with Battlestar Galactica, uh, now we're going to go back to Star Trek Online. Uh, I want to ask Thomas a few questions about uh, his ship designs. Um, you're th yes. yes. <laughs> Thomas, you're one of the, the talented craftsmen that help bring these ships to life. How is making art from this new show different from art based on the previous iterations of Trek? Um, you know, it's uh, really challenging. So on the screen there, we have the Walker-class USS uh, Shenzhou, uh, modeled by Donnie Versaja in the audience there. Donnie! Um, <laughs> um, you know, Discovery is brand new, um, and uh, for most of Star Trek Online's history, we've been working with shows and material that you know, ranges from 50 to 30 years old. So we have, you know, like 20 or 30 years of fan debate online about how big is this? What does this hatch lead to? You know, what do these details mean? Um, but we don't have that for Discovery, so pretty much everything we get, we have to get from CBS and other CBS licensed partners when we're you know, looking to recreate these ships. And thankfully, uh, CBS has been really great to us. Um, we've reached out and we've been working with Eagle Moss to get kind of access to some of their digital files for not just the ships, but also for the um, the tardigrade as well. And it's made a huge difference. Um, it, it's it's thrilling to be able to use the actual Starship models from the show and just build our game model around that so you know it's going to be super accurate and super faithful to to what they've seen uh, when you watch Discovery. I got a little anecdote about, about the uh, Crossfield class of Discovery. Um, CBS sent us the model before before it was seen on screen, before, before the uh, um, before it did its uh, mycelium network jump. Before the show actually, yeah, actually the, aired. Yeah, and, and when, in the game, all our ships usually do something cool. It says, is there, John, is there any, John Van Sitters from CBS, is there anything interesting this ship does that we should know about? And he's like, he's really coy. He's like, uh, well, you'll just have to wait and see. And he sends us the actual, what do you call models? What do you, what do you call the models? The, well, the, 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 the pictures we're looking at with the orthographic they renders. You, they, sent you the, yeah. they actually sent you the geo. Yeah, yeah. And, and we could move. The, the, sh the ship ring moved. Right, yeah. <laughs> and it says, oh, okay, I think we kind of have an idea about what's going on there, so we knew that we could model that, and then we saw it jump like a couple of days later. So did that, pr those animations presented a specific challenge for you to, to have to work on something like that? Yeah, I mean, uh, adding animations to ships is always a challenge. We have a great anima animator on the team named Weston who does our ship animations as well as our character animations. He did a phenomenal job in Victory's life uh, with all the likenesses and getting like the ticks and stuff for Garrick right, and then he also did animations for our ships. And, you know, it just we need everybody to pitch in. You know, making ships come alive is sort of like making characters come alive. You know, if you think about it, ships in Star Trek are as much of a character as the the actors that, that bring these characters to life. The Discovery is a character, right? And so we want to be faithful to that. We want them to behave the way they behave in the show. Um, and so that is a challenge. And a lot of disciplines have to, to pitch in to make it happen. Awesome. Um, Rika? You scared? What's funny is I now have two of these. Guys. Is this a gift? Oh, it's a gift. You get to kit. Yes, no, yes. I have two. <laughs> will you, what will you name this one, do you think? Oh, well, the other one's named Ripper. Uh, Squishy. Skipper. Skipper, Skipper yeah. yeah. Skipper and Ripper. <laughs> Skip it through the galaxy. Now, uh, there's some remarkable detail going into the interiors of Star Trek Online as well. Um, 
why don't we, can we take a look at, the, at some of those interiors? Because at first, I'd also like to get your opinions on what you've seen on set. Oh, we, we will in a moment. Um, but while we do that, let's talk a little bit about bringing the interiors to, to life in Star Trek Online. Uh, Bill, what has the process been and, and how is it different from, again, previous iterations of Star Trek? So uh, one of the things we first did was, uh, which in, in some aspects have, has nothing to do with how it looks, but how the play space, because the, the, the environments is what you, your character moves around in. So we had to go through a process, uh, we call it white boxing, where we had to determine you know, how much play space do we need to have for uh, the interiors. Um, it, it's kind of a back and forth uh, and some somewhat painful process. It'd be really awesome if you could see it on the screen. Yes. Cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey. So. Uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, so we went back and forth, and then um, uh, Donnie, who's sitting right down there, uh, did an amazing job of capturing the feel of that interior. Um, I can remember the, the we, we, we sent out like these daily updates and he sent this daily update where he had like a like the a screenshot from the show and his his hallway and I was like which one's the screenshot I couldn't on my like I was on my phone so I'll, but I couldn't tell I was like I can't tell and um, he did a masterful job of capturing it and that's what you're going to get to be able to walk around and play and uh, you know experience discovery in it's going to be amazing. So what we're seeing on the, can you go back one slide please? So what we're seeing on the left is the actual set and what we're seeing on the right is the rendered in-game yep. environment, correct? Yeah. Dude, uh, I thought it was the reverse. <laughs> uh, go ahead, can we move on to the next slide please? Yeah, if you go to the next, the, the next slide uh, is a bit harder. Um, so, so what we're seeing on the left is actual discovery images and what we're seeing on the right is Star Trek Online, correct? Yeah. Yeah, Donnie nailed it. That's wow. all I got to say. That's great. Mary Rako, what, what do you what do you think you were on set? Can you tell the difference? No, no, <laughs> no. It's amazing, and I like live there, so like yeah. <laughs> I should know. No, when it when it came up on the screen, I was like, I, what I wanted to say, but I, other people were talking was, look, Mary, it's our space home. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's talk a little bit about that. You know, working on the set of, of Discovery, uh, can you share with us, you know, your experiences and some? Well, one thing is that I think a lot of people assume that there's like tons of green screen in our work, but but especially for me, because I mainly worked in engineering, especially last season, um, we are working with like tangible sets all the time. So like, like I brought my parents to set, and I have all these pictures of them just like touching everything <laughs> and like trying to figure it out because they're it's very real in there. It's and it's we we spend. 13 hours a day shooting there you know we we live there and it becomes like a like sort of like our our home um and you know as engineers as people work on ships we anthropomorphize these ships um we love them we attend them when they're sick we make them better the ship has a voice so it's like very personal you know and it's, it's lovely to see it recreated so accurately because it's that's our that's our baby you know, you know? I'm, cu I'm curious, uh, as a stage actor, you sometimes get to watch the set go up in the rehearsal span, you start mm -hmm. rehearsing on, on stage. When, were you guys rehearsing off and then it was just this one day of walking onto the set and this, oh, it was complete and it was done, or did you see it progressively be built? Well, for me, I no, I walked in and it was all done. It was a spaceship. We walked, like, yeah, yeah, we walked into a spaceship. We rehearse on the ship, we, we do everything there. Wow. Yeah, well, so we really, 
live there. Yeah, those first days were incredible. We were all just like so in awe oh, of crazy. what was around us. Yeah. That, those set designers are incredible. It's out of this world. It's so beautiful and so much care and detail. Rika, can you give us a bit of a comparison between your experiences on set on, on Battlestar and, and then here on Discovery? The two different ships, perhaps? Oh, um, yes. Uh, one thing that was amazing for me was, even though it was exciting and new, um, I, was, I was so nervous working my first couple days on Star Trek, like more nervous than I've ever been on anything. And you guys know I've been at this for a while. But because it was Star Trek, I was just, the, the pressure and the, you know, it being part of my childhood was huge. And the one thing that I kind of grabbed onto was the set. Because even though it was a different ship, it made me feel like I was at home oh, yeah. from being on Battlestar for so long. I was like, okay, okay, this is familiar. I'm, I'm in space. I could do this. Right, right, right. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. Yeah. yeah on this picture here of the, the door to the, I think it's the turbo lift, um, on the show, it bugged the hell out of me, that little dent, that, dent. that little dent on the bottom, yeah, we bottom the left quadrant. So we fixed the dent. <laughs> There's no... <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Donnie. Uh, we didn't lock the dent. Thank you. <laughs> now, we really only got a, a glimmer into Landry's past. What, you know, what stories are you interested in, in exploring, especially through something like Star Trek Online? Well, um, yeah, I, I would like to see more than a glimmer. Um, I, I would love to know... That I feel like Landry has a special distinction, probably in the entire canon. Um, that's what some hardcore fans have said to me anyway, so I'll take their word over mine. Um, the, the distinction being that she's probably the hardest Starfleet officer we've ever met. And I would really like to know, I have some ideas about how that came to be, but I would love to know more about her origin story because I think there's probably an amazing journey there. Yeah. Yeah, so. Al, I was, I'm sorry, I was gonna say, Al, can you add to yeah. what we might see in Star Trek Online? So, so um, it's, uh, it's a bit off and we still, we still have a lot of, a lot of uh, work to do and a lot of working with, uh, with CBS, but that's basically the story that we want to tell is we want to tell the origin story of Landry and find out why, why is why is she, like you said, you know, so badass. different. I mean, she's a badass, yeah. But I mean, Tilly's a badass too in her own way. But, but like, nobody's ever Landry's called hard. anybody garbage before. Right. I mean, Starfleet officer. I think it was a really you know cold splash of cold water in people's face when they first when the people go to uh, see Discovery first time and there's Landry just calling everybody garbage. Why is she so mean? Why is she so hard? And um, I think there's an important reason. There's some clues in the show that aren't really picked up really well, and we're gonna pick up on that and to find out why, what, what's her origin. And, and Mary, what, what about you? Is, is Captain Killy an adventure you'd like to explore? Oh yeah, well we only got to see Tilly's idea of Captain Killy, yeah. um, which is interesting because it, it, I think it gives you insight into Tilly, but I'd like to know more about this woman who has the same body and mine who lives in this other universe who has done all these terrible things has all these um scary names uh, <laughs> i'd like to know more about what she is really like yeah al might we be able to uh explore that so um 
if uh, if anyone's paying attention to the show when they when when the um, the USS Discovery when, when uh, jumps from Pabo uh, and Lorca changes the coordinates and they appear in the mirror universe, um, and then later, and I think around episode 13, Ad Admiral uh, Cromwell um, says, "We saw you get destroyed." What they saw is they saw the ISS Discovery get destroyed. The ISS Discovery and the USS Discovery swap places, um, and and presumably Killy was on there. But I can confirm today that yes, uh, in, in around January, around our, for our anniversary, Mary Wiseman will return as as Ki as Captain Killy, not as Tilly as Killy, but as Captain Killy. Yes. So, so there is can a I distinction. Just, oh, go ahead. Can I just jump in yeah. and say, like, I'm so excited about that decision, you guys. Like, the concept that, you know, I, we all talk about nature versus nurture and what, in terms of what makes people who they are. And you take the same being. I, I love that about the mirror world, that you can go, you know what? Put this same human being, same DNA in a different environment. And what kind of person do they become? And that's the amazing thing about this online game. Like, there might not be time to go back and explore that in the show itself, but you guys get to do that through this online game, and that's freaking awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's that that that's that's what's great about what Alex Kurtzman is doing because he's doing it with the books and he's doing it with the comics and he's doing it with us and, and other games. Is that it's your your story is a. a the story of Discovery is a very tight serialized story, and it's fast. It's 13 episodes, and there's so much still that we don't know about a lot of these characters. Um, you know, why is Arium what she is, right? Her uh, android, right? What's uh, um, you know, what's up with with Saru, and and um, why is he the only uh, Kelpian in Starfleet? And um, so, so there, there's some, there's minds want to know. Yeah, so so. Them giving us the option, you know, this is a piece you can have. This is a piece you can have. That that's something we've never been able to do. And then, you know, in the almost nine years of Star Trek Online, we've just been kind of making up as we go along. But now we're working in lockstep with them. Um, for instance, part of the story that we'll see about Captain Killy will involve uh, Pavo because that's because Pavo. Um, that's that's the last time we we saw. We presumably know where she was at. And um, Kirsten Byer said that she. There was a thing that she wanted to explore about Pavo, but didn't get to because of story reasons or production reasons, and it's just kind of okay. We'll just kind of let that go, and she gave it to us. So we're going. It's it's a little thing, but it's an honor of her and her work to just like we're going to just kind of like touch on. So we get to see Pavo and a little bit more about what it is that she intended that to be, um, and that's and that's where where, where Mary comes in as as uh, as Killy. So that's really awesome. That's super exciting. She's such an amazing writer, and oh, this gives great. us an opportunity to hear more of what she created. Mm -hmm. I love it. Now, Mary, have you already established your own headcanon for who this Captain Killy is? Um, no, but <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I mean, when we, when I acted, when we, we shot that part, I was playing as Tilly, sort of accessing aspects of herself that had not come to the surface yet or that she wasn't she wasn't exercising regularly so it'll be a fun acting exercise to go back to step one and actually figure out what this person is like what this person how this person grew up how she hardened um, what parts she and Tilly share that she accesses to be cruel or strong or powerful that'll be really interesting for me just as an actor 
And we're going to love watching you do it because we love you. Oh, <laughs> No, I've already mentioned this. You both play strong women who are rightfully empowered on, on, on Star Trek. Can you share with us that journey in an industry that, to put it mildly, is uh, terribly unbalanced? Oh, I don't know. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's amazing. It's so, we're so lucky for the opportunity. Um, you know, even, like, personally, like, a person who looks like me, like, I'm not, like, a thin woman. I'm not, like, a conventionally attractive woman. But that I have, like, a place on this ship, that I have things to say, that I have joy, that I have a three-dimensional experience, um, that I also am powerful, you know, that I have acumen as a, as a soldier. It's, like, these are journeys that I didn't know I was going to get the opportunity to travel. I didn't, I didn't see this for myself. I didn't see myself holding a phaser or standing up to Klingons or, you know, it's just, everything has been like this amazing gift and like each moment of that is a surprise and it, it, I think it, you know, it speaks well of, of, the, of the future that, that women will have occupying these roles both in the world and in the media that reflects our world. Woo! Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, I, that's why I let her speak first. <laughs> right? I was like, I know Mary's going to have something amazing to say about this. And, and honestly, as a woman of color, I have different battles to fight. And um, I am so grateful for my Caucasian white girlfriends who get to fight the battles that I feel like brown girls don't get to fight yet. Yeah. In a way. In a way. Yeah. You're, you're in a place of privilege where you get to make those strides right. for, for colored women first. I, that's my opinion. I mean, we're doing it kind of, and you know, not saying it's that delineated or whatever, but, but yeah, I do feel that way. I don't think an Indian woman could look the way Frances McDormand did at the Oscars and get away with it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I do. So that's what I, yeah. So, thank you. Right, so we still, um, we are making great strides. There are still more strides to be made, and we're all really aware of that, and we need to support and back up our peers and the people that we love in that journey as well. Yeah. And thank you, thank you for that. Thank, thank you. you for that. And, and that's what's really beautiful about Star Trek, right? That's the Roddenberry vision, and, and to, to have to, I mean, we saw it, right, from the original series, Interracial Kiss, the, the uh, black and white cookie people, I forget what they're called, with the white thing with, oh, you know, yeah. thank you. Um, and so, you know, the, 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 race, the race stories there, that's, that's the morality plays as a Star Trek that is, I see that, you see that continuing in the forefront of Star Trek Discovery. Um, so many powerful women, people of color, uh, people different, uh, uh, different sexual orientations, right? Um, and, and we do everything we can on Star Trek Online to continue that with, uh, with, with, with gay couples, with, with, uh, with, with uh, different people, different color, um, and Discovery. And, and you see in Discovery, so many strong women's in the forefront, and we're going to continue that. Mokai is a matriarchy, it's going to, and we've got two powerful, wonderful women here, and I'm very humbled to be on the stage with right now, that uh, we'll continue that tradition, um, and hopefully we'll do it justice and tell those stories the way Roddenberry always wanted. Yeah. Now, it's been 50 plus years of Star Trek, 
and you came into it uh, brand new. Tell us what that preparation was like in, in getting ready for the role, and then now you're doing a, a video game, and, and the stories continue. How, you know, where does, how does your, what's your process in preparing for that? Watching a lot of all just all the track, all the yeah, track. Yeah, I mean, time. definitely, definitely trying to catch up and watch things that you know I didn't catch, you know, just gr just growing up and. Um... Yeah, I mean, in a way, I feel like it's it's kind of in us. I don't know if you feel this way, but like you know that lifetime of watching, it you know Star Trek is something that I, I think for all of you and for myself, it's it's deep in your heart, and you may not know all the details and stuff, but. It's got to hit you in your soul for you to get what it's about. And so I feel like we probably started as kids preparing for these roles, you know? That's awesome. Did yeah. you both watch Star Trek as growing up? Yeah. What, was, uh, what, what, did, you, what did you grow up watching? Uh, well, I, as I mentioned in the beginning, I, I started really young watching TOS reruns, which was amazing, life-changing. It like seriously helped me as a as a young person, um, and then I watched some TNG and Deep Space Nine and Voyager. I, I the only one I didn't watch was Enterprise. Yeah, I uh, I grew up watching uh, Next Generation. My uncle was like really really into it. He read all the novels and he I've said this before, but he brought like Christmas uh, ornaments that we would put on our tree of like every single ship that in every single iteration and then we would like plug in the tree at night and it would be like I'm Captain Janeway of the Starship Voyager and it would be like a chorus of <laughs> like of like whatever like little like soundbite they had in the, the ornament um, so that, I was definitely immersed in, in Next Generation but yeah my, my work as um, trying to become more versed in the other iterations uh, continues because it's like what it takes like something like 48 days or something to watch the entire canon. Is that right? Something like, yeah. it's a crazy amount of time, so I'm not there yet. I if you start have working, a job. If you start working at Cryptic and Star Trek Online, that's your first job, is just start watching every single thing if you haven't watched it already. <laughs> yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Yeah, I, so, I, I do, I do no, feel like uh, i got to go back. Us, and, these guys. Not he's pointing, yeah, he's pointing at me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm a new employee, so and it was like I've been schooled every day. Wow. What, what's your engagement been like with fans as you meet them on this, on this new journey? I mean, it's incredible. Um, I, I've, I've been doing this for a while as far as like sci-fi conventions, Battlestar, you know, 100, the, I've done a lot of sci-fi. Um, <laughs> but the Trek fans are unique. Uh, not only are they like m massive, like there's just so many of them. There's so much sweetness. Like I, like I know there's haters out there, but it like, the number is small in comparison. There is so much kindness and sweetness and generosity. I love Star Trek fans. I, I feel so lucky. Yeah, I mean, it's been un unreal. Um, I, I have Star Trek fans in my life. My soon-to-be mother-in-law is enormous Star Trek fan. She, like... Is she has the outfits and everything, and like, yeah, obviously my uncle and my family are, are really into it. So, I uh, I know how much it means to people, 
and getting to see that in, in person with people I haven't met before who aren't in my family is overwhelming and very, very beautiful. And it makes, it just, it just um, exponentially adds meaning to what you do every day when you meet people whose life it's changed to, who matter. When you see like kids, like it's just very um, moving and it makes your work feel really important. You mentioned um, that you had family uh, who are fans, and you said that you have uh, your mother-in-law has a uh, an outfit. Did she ever come to the cons? Oh God, yeah. Oh, all right, cool. Yeah, oh yeah, 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 and she. So her husband um, look like kind of looks like um, Jonathan Frakes, which was so weird to meet him. Um, but but so like she bought him outfits. She makes him dress up, and then she dresses up like Troy. She made my um, fiance dress up as Wesley. There's just like pictures everywhere, like just blackmail photos everywhere. Um, so. For her, like, also, like, I brought her to set, and she was just weeping. Oh, no. It was so beautiful, yeah. And she said, she said after she went on the bridge, she was, she was crying. I had her sit in the captain's chair, and she came away, and she said, I feel like I went to church. <laughs> that gives you a sense of, like, this, she's a psychologist. Like, the, the, her, Star Trek is very important to the way she sees the world. Yeah. Um, it's, so wow. it's just really a beautiful relationship between the fans and the, the material. That's, a, that's an amazing story. That's so, cool. <laughs> so Actually, she loves me forever, too, because I'm Tilly, so it's like we're all really working out. You know, <laughs> that, that reminds me, the, there's the set in Ticonderoga, the, the original series set, and that's how I felt on that set. Now, I, will, I didn't weep, but I'm sure I would weep if I was on the set of Discovery. Oh, I you should come. Be. We'd love to have you. <laughs> Wait, yeah. wait, what? We're all going. <laughs> yeah, wait, let's go, guys. Well, let's go now. Everybody's Bye, everybody. <laughs> wait, okay. Um, that's awesome. I'm sorry. Now I can't think. Um, <laughs> where are we on time? When's that flight? Yeah, when's that flight? To, <laughs> yeah, when's that flight to, Just get like, in my chopper. Um, or no, rather, Toronto. So we talked about the fans. We talked about uh, uh, you know working with family. What about uh, talking to other Star Trek actors? Has anybody you know walked up to you and been like, "All right, look, when you do this, don't do this." Blah oh, blah yeah. blah. Yeah. Yeah. Well, any... Freaks is on set, so he was like, he's told us all the funny, crazy stories of when they were on set, which is like really awesome, and also like gives us perspective of while we're shooting it, like, oh, you guys made history. Like maybe we'll make a little bit of history, and. Um, yeah, I'm going to search this, like, in the car today was like, let me tell you about this, this, and this. It's so nice to have people yeah. who have, like, walked this path before, because this is my first time. I, I couldn't use all the guidance I can get. Right. And it's also, like, seeing people you've loved since you were a child, and that's also very cool. If I can follow up with that, actually, was that something when you were deciding whether or not to take the job that you kind of had to weigh, like the, the pluses and minuses of, of having this on your shoulders? Like, I mean, no, I didn't, it wasn't a question. <laughs> deciding whether know, or not? I don't not. know what you mean by deciding. <laughs> <laughs> I got it! Well, we're really looking forward to, uh, to the ongoing journeys in uh, season two of Discovery, and we're so very looking forward to having you in Star Trek Online uh, and continuing to uh, offer the fans everything that they want, which is more Trek. And it's great to have you with us, uh, with us on that. Al, um, any final, any, any, anything else you want to share about Age of Discovery coming up? Um, well, um Besides that, I just want to say I want to say thank you to these to these two wonderful women here. Um, it's been 
you know, like, like both of you, um, many of you, if you're familiar with some of you know, my interviews, I'm a big, big fan of Star Trek from the very beginning. I grew up watching original series with my sister. Um, grew me up on, uh, on, on Star Trek and horror movies. Um, so getting the opportunity to work with so many wonderful actors from the show, it's, it's, it's surreal, it's, uh, it's humbling. Um, I never take it for granted, uh, so I feel very blessed. And, and, and so many of them are just like you think, they're just absolutely wonderful people. So um, I, I, I got to know Reka a little bit. I, I look forward to getting to know you uh, better, Mary. And um, so it's been, it's been very powerful. And um, if, uh, if you're never, you know, give up on your dreams, if you uh, are, like to play games, if you like to draw cartoons or anime, if you like to do whatever it is, just, you know, if you don't think that your parents say, what are you going to do? Are you going to play games for the rest of your life? And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to play games for the rest of my life, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Just do what you love and follow that. And, you know, this just, this, this, I never, never, never thought this would happen. So this is fantastic. It's an amazing opportunity to be working with these people, to be working in the writer's room with the Discovery crew. Um, so fantastic. Thank you both so much. Thank you for your work on the show. Um, absolutely just inspiring. Um, we giggle all the time. We, we, I go on his podcast and we talk about the show after, after each episode. And um, so it's been, it's been a great show and it's been, and it's just a great honor to have you both here. I'm babbling, yeah. but, but thank, thank you, you both very, very much. That's so sweet. Thank you so thank much. Thank you. Can I also just really quickly say that Reiko is my first friend on set, and I am a huge Battlestar Galactica fan. I've watched it like so many times all the way through, and so her kindness really mattered to me because I was very scared and very intimidated. It's so cool to get to sit on a panel with her and also be in a video game with her. It's like it's just mind blowing. So, Do you, so say we all. So say we all. So say we all. Do you? Uh, so, you know, I'm curious, before we let, before we let you go, before we wrap up, uh, you know, you mentioned those, those friendships that you develop on set. Uh, did, what kind of fun little things did you do to pass the time and, well, between scenes? I mean, well, we sing, sing. We sing a lot. Uh, singing. Yeah, mainly singing. It's the best. What is it, musicals? Please say it's musicals. Um, some musicals, well, especially like Mary and Jonathan Frakes are like big musical fans. But like also just like hits from the 80s and stuff. <laughs> I, I, my personal favorite made-up songs too. That you know, just whatever words or tunes that yeah. have nothing to do with anything. Yeah. Just like I'm really tired. <laughs> <laughs> well, Al, why don't you t remind everyone when Age of Discovery launches and when players can expect to uh, get in the game? So um, we're doing something a little different um, than we've done in the past. If you're familiar with the game. Um, this fall uh, launches Age of Discovery, uh, and that's when Mary will be joining us. Um, but the Age of Discovery doesn't end in um, doesn't end in the fall. Uh, we will be continuing the Age of Discovery for our anniversary, and then for our, our seasons that come after that, um, we'll be continuing to add more content and and more actors from the show, and you'll be able to continue to see more iconic locations and stories and characters, um, and. And we're, we we, we got to catch them all. So um, we're just getting started with the Age of Discovery. It's going to be the forefront of Star Trek Online, and we're going to be telling um, Discovery stories the way. If you love our Star Trek Online stories, we're going to continue telling them the same way, the way we tell stories, but in that world. So I, I hope you come to that journey with us.
Well, captains, don't forget to visit the Star Trek online booth in the vendors hall right across from the Roddenberry Monoliths. Stop by, say hi to the development team, find out more about the game, and also get a uh, special convention code, right? Am I right? Yeah, if you come by the booth, um, you can get uh, to celebrate our last expansion that came out in October. Wait, I'm lost. No, not October. A couple months ago. Um, uh, the Victor <laughs> D Space Nine Victory is Life. You can get a, uh, give us your email, and we will give you a, um, a code for a holographic Garrick, Garrett, uh, Bashir, and um, Kira, bridge officer for your starship. Awesome. And, of course, you can always visit StarTrekOnline.com. And for other great podcasts, visit podcasts.roddenberry.com. What about uh, oh. where they can follow them? Yo, yeah, I was, I was about to turn to them. Uh, Rick up. Um, Mary, where are, where are you going to be the rest of the day? Well, I just have to check my itinerary really fast, but... Um, <laughs> We're definitely doing a discovery panel very, Great. very soon, which I'm very excited about. Um, I'm not sure either, but I think <laughs> I, I will definitely be back at my table. I know a bunch of people got photo ops yesterday, so you can bring those and get them signed. And I don't know, I'll, I'll, I'll be around and trying to steal Mary's silly fertility t-shirt. <laughs> I, totally I meant where they, can where, where they can follow you on social media. Yes, where can, they, where can they follow you on social media? Oh, um, we're, we're just trading. <laughs> oh, oh, we, we, have, we, have a, we have another t-shirt. We have another t-shirt <laughs> okay, made okay. By, so our, by our artist, uh, Henry Pomper. Because yes. <laughs> ah. I already have one. Oh my gosh, Skipper. <laughs> yes. Perfect. <laughs> Where can they follow you? On oh, yes. uh, the Ray Kasharma, both on Instagram and Twitter. Oh, mine I made when I wasn't on a TV show, so they're really annoyingly complicated. Um, on Twitter, I'm May underscore Wise. And on Instagram, I think I'm Mori Wise. Yeah. M-O-R-Y. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, again, She's easy to find. <laughs> well, again, thank you so very much for joining us on stage today. We wish you safe travels uh, for the rest of the convention, and we look forward to seeing you more. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Al. Security clearance level three or above is required to access files. This is Captain Benjamin Sisko. Authorization Sisko Alpha One Alpha. Logs accessed. Captains, we are still here in Star Trek Las Vegas, and I have the pleasure of sitting here with Star Trek Online's lead systems designer. Jeremy Bordicus Randall. Jeremy, thank you so very much for joining me uh, during this convention. Yeah, no problem. We're standing right across from you most we, of the time. You guys have been busy. <laughs> yes, we have. <laughs> yes, we have. So first, you know, what's uh, it's Sunday? It's the last day of the con. Well, mm -hmm. you know, you've been here a few years now. What's different this year than years past? I think I can sum that up in one word, one very exciting word, discovery. Yeah. I mean, this is a this is a real big deal. And I think I don't know that I really that it all sunk in before coming here, but it's kind of a, a beginning of a renaissance, I think, for the fandom as a whole. Yes, seeing everybody being so excited about this new chapter in the in the Star Trek IP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's awesome. So you're currently working on uh, Age of Discovery, I presume. Um, yep. We're going to be seeing quite a bit of new materials coming into the game. Why don't you give us a brief overview of what of what you're working on now? 
So my team is mostly focused on some of the things that aren't the sexy new content. <laughs> you know, everybody gets very excited about the missions. We do a lot of the supporting stuff that goes into that, like creating new 23rd century Klingons for you to go into combat against and new 23rd century uh, Federation allies to fight alongside new ships. You know, we're gearing up eventually to get to the point of being able to do the Battle of Binary Stars with all of those ships all whoa, in one place, whoa, whoa, all whoa, doing whoa, combat whoa. with one another. Tell me a little bit more about that mechanic and, and what it is that you have to do in order to make that happen. The toughest thing about that is to make sure that both sides of that war, the Klingons and the Federation, are both interesting to fight alongside and against mm -hmm. at the same time. And in some ways, it's almost kind of like balancing for PvP, which is always a very heavy, difficult task. Yeah. We have to make sure that every time that you go into a fight against these new Klingons, these 23rd century Klingons, it's both familiar but new. Mm -hmm. uh, in a way that can speak to the, the new fans that are, are from Discovery and can show what they expect these Klingons to behave like. But also, is you know, for gameplay purposes, you're going to be in, uh, encountering these very early in the game, so we have to make sure that they're not, they're not going to just blow you out of the sky if you're a brand new player. Right. So balancing right. all those aspects can be, is, is a real big challenge. So these new, critters are, these new Klingon critters are going to be getting new powers, I presume? And a few new powers. Yeah. Uh, like I said, since you're introduced to them at a pretty low level, there won't be a lot of new mechanics to learn. But we do want to give them a bit of a discovery twist, something interesting, even for veteran players that want to participate in the Age of Discovery content, okay. something new to experience for them as well. Now, what about in, uh, in ground combat? Same thing? Yes, very similar. I think that in the, in terms of the Klingons in the new ground combat, you'll see a little bit more uniqueness, a little bit more difference, primarily because a lot of the new Klingons you'll be going into conflict with are actually from House Mokai, which is almost a uh, uniformly female uh, fighting force. And as any of our existing players might know, most of the existing Klingons you fight in our ground content right now are male. So at the very least, it'll be a very visual difference along with the new costumes, which look incredible. We've yeah. seen some early drafts of some of that on these new critters, and it's just it's really visually stunning. Right, right, right. Now, in designing for 23rd century Klingons, especially House Mukai, which tends to be the... What was it? What was the word that they used? Uh, subterfuge, yep. you know, they, they're, yep. they're very uh, clandestine. Yep. I presume we'll see a lot of powers that go into that uh, that realm, something yeah. like a in, stealth or something. Yeah, things like stealth or smoke grenades possibly, you know, right. things that uh, kind of subterfuge, just like you said. It might even make use of some of the intel powers that we've already got in the game, things right. that are meant to debilitate the enemy's ability to put up a fight. Right, right. Now, one of the other big uh, pieces of news that came out with the blog regarding Age of Discovery was the move to Tier 6 reputations. Yeah. Um, what can you tell me about that, and how will that affect players? I think this will affect every player in a very positive way, to be frank. I mean, I'm a little biased, obviously, but the uh, extension of all the existing reputations that we already have in the game to Tier 6, one of the primary reasons that we are going down this path is because alongside Age of Discovery and this uh, push to get more new players involved in more aspects of the game, uh, we're looking to improve our queue system, which we're starting to call Task Force Operations. We're trying to make a lot of improvements to get more players involved with that a little sooner and, and as well as give older players who may have already been quote-unquote done with a certain type of task force new motivations to participate in that. So we're no longer calling them cues. We're calling them all task force. Task That's force. Yeah. Ta task forces. Yep. Um, task force ops or task force operations. Got it. And so, and a lot of the motivation for that was like the word Q. Right. Sounds like you're just getting in line. Right. It's right. Not right. Exciting. Yeah. No. No. It's no, not, no. No. It's no, not no, no. No. Yes. No. Of course. Yeah. Okay. But with that in mind, so we currently have 
several reputation tracks that we can take right now, like Nukara. Mm-hmm. I think if I remember counting correctly, I think we're up to 12 reputations 12. right now. So will those shift into a tier six or is it just moving forward? Uh, no, it's all of the existing reputations will now be gaining a tier six with okay. new rewards and new unlocks, new things that you can earn yeah. by pushing all of the existing reputations right. up by one more tier. Okay. And one of the big concerns is, in fact, and you touched on this already in a moment ago, was that some of the old missions that grant marks to older reputations kind of get hard to put together a team. Yes. What can you share in terms of what the team is doing to try to entice players to try some of the older cues? Yeah, there's a few things that we're trying. I'm not sure exactly which of these we're going to be able to successfully execute on in time for the first stage of Discovery Update, but we're looking at things like we want more of the task force operations to unlock at lower levels, getting more players involved with them at a lower level. We've already unveiled, with Victory is Life, a new type of scaling technology that averages out. So if you get uh, two level 20s and two level 60s and a level 40, that's the middle section, right? Yes, I can math. And you put all of them into a queue together, they should all switch to, like, be pushed to about level 40. And all the enemies will also be scaled to that. It it averages out all of the facets of the queue and lets players of all different level uh, ranges play together. So now that we have that tech, we've successfully uh, rolled that out with Victory is Life with a few of our new queues. The Swarm, I think, was the first to try this out. And now that we've seen that it's successful, we're going to go back to our old task forces and implement that same technology so we can get more players into those queues earlier. And then we are also attempting, I think we're on the cusp of getting this working, an option where players can randomly queue. So they can simply choose to participate in the task force operation without choosing which one specifically that they want to go and undertake. And they will be placed into a random hopper. And if anyone is is, uh, manually queuing for something that they specifically want to do, let's say they want to do storming the spire, which I know is an underpopulated Mm -hmm. uh, task force these days. But if they have manually queued for that, anyone in the random queues will be put in to fill out that queue that they've already kind of kick-started. Right, right, And right. so this random operation, this is another reason that we wanted to push the reputations to Tier 6. Right. So that players that are doing the randoms will always be receiving something that they can use towards that new Tier 6 progression system. So is, if you're random, if you go ahead and go into the queue randomly and mm-hmm. you join somebody you're still only going to get the marks from that particular No, participating in the random system itself also gives you an additional incentive, an additional reward on top of what you would get from doing the queue on its own. So you are essentially sacrificing choice for additional rewards. Right, right, right. Um, right. But with, as as I said, with the addition of the tier six and reputations, those additional rewards should be useful and the rewards from the queue, even if you hadn't really chosen to do that, you probably need those, at right, least right out right, the gate. Right, right. Oh, interesting. Very interesting. Now, uh, going back to the uh, scaling uh, yeah. for the missions, you don't lose powers, though. Even though Correct. in the back end it's averaging to the level 40, you're still at 60 and you still have all those That's correct. All those it's powers. all just math. Right. Um, isn't it always? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so talking about the new introduction, you mentioned that your team mm-hmm. is also uh, involved in that, the new introduction with uh, Cadet Tilly. Right. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? So the stuff that my team on the systems team is doing is making sure that the starting actually like, under the hood, that you will be able to start as a member of the Discovery Era Federation. In the past, we've kind of talked about these as new factions, but truthfully, there's not enough here for the Discovery experience to really call it a true extra faction, but it is a totally unique starting experience Mm -hmm. where you will start in the Discovery era with a different starting ship, a different starting shuttle, different costume accesses, different 
species choices, and all of that is underpinnings that my team has had to undertake. Okay. Uh, so there's there's a lot that goes into that that I think that players honestly take for granted, which is good because a lot of game development is like if we're doing our job right, you shouldn't really notice a lot of it. Right. It should just get out of your way and let you have fun. Right. 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 Uh, right. So setting up things like being able to choose which species you are and all of that character creation process, uh, aside from the actual UI implementation itself, is all handled by the systems team. Oh, excellent. Interesting, interesting, yeah. very interesting. So what are you most excited about for Age of Discovery? Despite the fact that my job is all the underpinnings of maths and powers and all that kind of stuff, I want to adventure alongside Captain Tilly. Yeah, like right, that. Right. I've been able. I've been fortunate enough to try out some of the early like white boxes, the play tests on the content that we're doing for this. It's really fun, yeah. and I'm really looking forward to. It. I think that our content designers really have already started to embrace the spirit of discovery. Like right. they understand what the differences are right. of the tonal shifts and the writing and everything. The starting experience is probably going to have a lot of similar similarities with the existing Federation starting experience because, right. frankly, we know it works. Right, right. So why break it? Awesome. Um, yeah. But there's just enough nuances and differences there that I, I really think that it hits a lot of the right discovery notes. Cool. And I'm excited both to play through it myself right. and to see the reaction from players, especially new players right. that might be right. coming in because of discovery. Right, right, right. Yeah. Now, is there currently anything in the game that has caught your eye from the community that uh, you're hoping to address in coming patches uh, in, in regards to age of discovery with respect to existing game content mechanics balances things like that well as far as the convention here is concerned I have heard a lot of players talking to me about concerns about the difficulties involved with playing multiple characters across a single account mm. and this is something I was I'm glad to be able to say internally we've we've started to shift pretty heavily towards this concept that the account is the player the person behind the keyboard we want to really dig into to that concept and not... In the past, we have treated individual characters on account as very separate entities. Right. A lot of individual things that you have to unlock per character or you have to go grind per character and right. all that kind of thing. As we move forward with the game, we want to embrace this idea that the account is the player. And we've already done this in a few ways in the past, things like account-wide event rewards and such like that. Right. Uh, and we tried this out with uh, Victory's Life, with our right. Tier 6 uh, Starship Mastery on right. the Jemadar ships, giving this new option for account-wide unlocks mm. uh, for player ships. And uh, going forward, I really want to... I'm hoping that we can dig into that even further, that we get the opportunity to do that. And right. actually, there is a little bit of that involved with the Tier 6 reputation stuff. Yeah. Not to spoil too much, yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah. that... Uh, Extending the reputation system in this way has given us a little bit of opportunity to dip our toes in that well. Good, good. Excellent, excellent. Well, Jeremy, I want to thank you so very much for stopping by and chatting. No uh, is there anything we didn't cover that you were excited to share with our listeners? There is a tardigrade. There is a tardigrade. <laughs> that, yes, that could be a ripper. You know, I was looking through the, the did Twitter you have to, feed. Did you have to decide? Did you have to? Are you crittering that out and what the powers are and Eventually, stuff? Eventually, yes. <laughs> uh, it still isn't yet animated. Like, what you saw in the still is literally all that we have. <laughs> right, 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 right. But, so uh, yeah, that's going to be a very exciting challenge. The shrivel up power? Yeah, all, everything that it can that it's going to be able to do. All right. uh, we all, we're all really excited to do it. We were actually kind of afraid that we wouldn't be able to get it in time for Age of Discovery, but right. now that we've seen the art is in place yeah. and our animator has already said that he's pretty uh, optimistic about being able to support the, the new rig and everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I'm loving it. I, I really want to get my hands on it. Like, <laughs> yeah, there's so many things that, as a systems lead, as yeah. a lead of a team, I have to tell people you delegate these tasks out, but I also get the benefit of saying, nope, this one's mine. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. So I may steal the tardigrade for myself. Cool, cool, man. Well, Jeremy, thank you so very much. I look forward to speaking with you again soon, perhaps after Age of Discovery launches yeah. uh, and after we get our hands on the new Tier 6 gear. Yeah. Thanks so much. No problem. 
Well, Captains, this is the last interview for Star Trek Las Vegas, and we saved the best for last. Aww. Joining me is Star Trek Online's lead designer, Al, Captain Gecko Rivera. Al, thank you so much for joining me today and for this entire week. How are you? I am completely exhausted. Yep. And I was completely exhausted two days ago. Yes, so sir. I yes, am sir. physically exhausted. I am mentally and emotionally exhausted. Yep. And thank you for that introduction because you had some pretty stellar, tall interviews here, I saw. So, um, and thank you for your help with STLV. Um, so, I think the, the big question on everybody's mind right now is how is Picard going to screw up <laughs> Star Trek Online if they bring him back 20 years after Nemesis? That question has come up. Um, I'm not worried about it. I'm really not. I'm not worried about it for a couple reasons. I'm not worried about it because I think we're going to see a very different Picard. You're not going to see Picard behind the Enterprise or some other ship just, you know, gallivanting across the galaxy and doing stuff. I mean, you might see him sitting in the vineyard or sitting in uh, or, or whisked away by Q. Who knows what he's going to be doing, right? Um, so I don't think it's going to... I don't think it's going to be a problem. I also know that it's also 10 years before Star Trek Online. So there's that. There's a delta there. And we're working really closely with CBS, with Alex Kurtzman directly. And, um, you know, I have a little red phone in my office for him. <laughs> and so we will work things out. And if things that they want to do is going to necessarily invalidate some of the stuff we do, then we'll adjust. If we have to retcon, we'll retcon. But I'm not worried about it because we're getting John Luke Picard, man. I know. And that's amazing to have him come back and reprise his role. And that is just good for everyone. And whatever hoops we have to jump through to make it work, it'll be totally worth it to have more Captain Picard. Not just on screen, but that means more stories for Star Trek, which means more stories for Star Trek online. Right. It's right. just good. Right. So now... Going back to Age of Discovery and today's panel and, the, and the, the, the publication of the blog, there might be still a little bit of confusion as to what Age of Discovery is in comparison to past seasons, past expansions like Agents of Yesterday. One question that came in from one of our patrons, uh, Josh Selig, said, if you start an Age of Discovery captain, how is how will it play within the TOS arc that was introduced? Can you just kind of give us another explanation as to how how this is but is not an expansion like TOS? Sure. There's definitely a lot of moving parts that may seem confusing in this interview, but it's going to make total sense once it's out, and it'll be very smooth once it's out. Um, so first of all, we just got off of making our last expansion for Victory is Life, our Deep Space Nine expansion. Expansions take a long time to make, the, you know, uh, uh, maybe up to a year to develop uh, an expansion entirely. And so we were deep into making Victory's Life when Discovery started becoming a thing, right? We were planning it and then Discovery came out and we didn't know anything about it. And so then we got into development of it. And so we were, we were already into that by the time it became a reality that, okay, we need to go and support this new part of the franchise and, and bring Discovery to Star Trek Online. So we finished Victory's Life and what we really want to do is basically make another expansion that is Age of Discovery expansion. But if we stopped 
and just did that right now, we would you wouldn't see it for maybe eight months, hmm. right? And that's just not that's not sustainable. So why we're calling it Age of Discovery is is not necessarily just the name of the next season. It's the name of the next era of Star Trek Online. This fall, yeah. we'll be releasing the first season of the Age of Discovery. But that's just the first season, Age of Discovery. The, the next season will continue in the anniversary, and then the next season after that. So Mary Wiseman will be coming on board with us as Tilly, and then in the in the anniversary, she'll come on board as Killy. And then the season after that, we'll bring on Rekha Sharma as Landry. And so we just wanted to show our dedication that the next seasons are all going to be continuing that. And when we're done, we will effectively have built a full faction expansion of Discovery. But it's going to come out over time. Right. Uh, but we want to get it out and have something for everyone to play and experience as soon as possible. So we can kind of also leverage Season 2 of Discovery that will be coming out soon. So you'll start off with the first season, which will be you know a new starting experience, a couple episodes in the queue and a bunch of ships. And then we'll continue that in the anniversary. And the story is going to be taking place in both the discovery uh, era during during 2256 just after the battle of binary stars but it'll also take place in our timeline in 2409 2410 and so we will be developing content interlacing through seasons where some of it will be in 2409 2410 and some of it will be back in 2256 and it's not going to be as complicated as you think it's not we're not going to be like time traveling agents bouncing around back and forth frankly there'll be some hand waviness to it because we're be building things out of order. We're building things in the order that we need to in order to get the content out. I won't be coy about it. I mean, it'll be very similar to Agents of Yesterday. You will start in Discovery Era. You'll start in 2256, and something will have to bring you to the future, right? Because that's where our main story takes place. That's where the content takes place. So we'll have to bring you to the future. But later, we'll build more content back in that era, and we'll just kind of retcon it in between before you left. And that's just how we'll do it. And we'll have reasons why you can do that. But eventually we'll have a you know full experience in that timeline. Awesome. I know it's a little confusing, and we'll probably end up releasing some sort of infographic to explain yeah, it all right, right, <laughs> at some right, point right, as right. it comes out to explain things. Yeah. Um, but it's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting, and it's going to be. And we're just going to get to see all those locations and characters, and all those ships and styles from Discovery. And that's that's really good for the game. It's very exciting. So when I was talking to Jeremy earlier, um, moving over to the discussion of uh, the reputation system, moving into Tier 6, he commented on the renaming of Qs to Task Force Operations. Task Force Operations, So yes. moving to Tier 6 for the reputation uh, is great, right? But I know that players, myself included, um, struggle to even get caught up you know, if I, if I miss a few months, then I find myself being real far behind on getting reputation, an older reputation system. So Jeremy talked a little bit about it, but, but I, I know that you said you had a few things uh, on the whiteboard one of the last times we spoke on the show. What can you say to players who are still concerned about the Q system, about trying to get older marks and leveling up through those through those reputations so let me before i answer the question i want to make sure i understand what the concern is that you're that mm -hmm. specifically that you're bringing out are you are your concerns that you've got too much to complete or is your concern that you're having trouble playing cues and getting the marks you need to fill older cues to, to fill, fill older, older reps. yeah to fill the reps right. the the the, the, yeah. the the concept of too much, too many options isn't so much the problem mm -hmm. as it is. There's a lot of options. Yeah. 
and it's it's easy to get them once they're 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 released because mm-hmm. there's a flood and rush to play those cues and yeah. get through the reputation. But then a few months pass, yeah. And players like myself that maybe need to catch up have a hard time doing so because the cues right. are now what what is uh, right. the so new hotness. So yes, because everyone's playing the new hotness and the cue that you haven't finished. Nobody's playing those 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 task force operations anymore. So that issue is being addressed directly, and it is no accident why all the cues, all the reps, excuse me, got moved to tier six. Okay. So I think it's okay. I'm going to go ahead and drop a spoiler here about what we're doing so we've talked about this before about other ways of like making cues task force operations i'm going to start saying just task force operations from now on or task force because i want to get everybody used tfos to, tfos or task force and we get people to get used to start used to that terminology we've got i don't know 85 90 or so task force some of them are are brilliant some of them are old right some of them are brilliant but are never played because people have found this is the one that's most that's the best you know uh, return on investment to play and they figured out how to play it quickly but there's still really really good content out to play and some of the and many people are in a situation you have is like I really want to play this task force maybe I just want to play the task force because it's fun or I want to play it because I want the marks but no one wants to play it with me and it looks like oh, the task force are all empty. No one's playing them. He says, no, everyone's playing them. They're just playing the five that they want to play. And some people might say, well, why don't you just fix the other ones? Well, if I fix the other ones, they'll just pick five others that they want to play again. Right. You know, so trying, it's always going to cycle. Yeah, there's always going it, to... It, it's Something as complicated as a task force is, you know, there's you build it and you try to balance it as best you can. And sometimes it's too hard it's, it's not a good return on investment sometimes it's ridiculously good return on investment and then you can tweak it and then then it's better and then no one will play the other ones right so that's just how it is because the the task force and the people who play them are more than the sum of their parts and it's impossible to predict so what we want to do is encourage people to play all of those because a lot of them are great so what we're going to do is we're going to release a couple new systems to the task force and one of them is um, random task force so let's say you're playing Tholian Rep and you want to play Azure Nebula, and, but nobody's playing it. If you queue up for it, it goes into the random queue list. And then if you choose to play a random queue, you will get a bonus. You'll get a huge bonus. So if the other player, okay, so yeah. I want to play uh, Azure Nebula. Yeah. That's the one I want because it's going to give me the Tholian marks. Yeah. There's player B yeah. that just wants to play something. Yeah, play anything. And then clicks random. Clicks random. Uh-huh. Okay. If they click random, okay, the next four people go into your queue. Okay. Okay. And then they get bonus. They get a bonus reward for that. If nobody queues up anything, the next five people go into a random queue. Right? Including the player that wanted. No, it's just like say if oh, nobody oh, picks it. Right, right, nobody right, picked right, anything. Right, right. They just go into something. They right. just go into something random. Uh, everyone goes into something random, and everybody gets a bonus. But if you pick something, it gets to the top of the list. It goes in order, and next people get random. Will get full. Will get funneled towards you. So now everyone should be able to get their task force to fire off. People get bonus rewards, and with the rise to tier six in reputation, every task force has value to somebody. Right, because I might have finished my Tholian rep, but now I have to get to tier six, and I, and I, well, I hit random and I land in yours. Great, 
now I can make progress in my Tholian rep. Now, you said the players that are opting in for random get the bonus. The player that... The player that chose did not get the bonus because you did not pick bonus. random. Okay. Right? So the, 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 the bonus is for you saying that I will just take something random and uh, so you may not get what you want, but you'll get more, right? Because you're going right. to get a bonus. And everyone can play random or people can... It's, it allows us to do two things. It allows us to, A, lots of different task force operations that are, may be underutilized will get played. All of them will have a huge return on investment because they'll give you what they give you normally plus a bonus. Is that um, a bonus? Uh, can, can you talk to us a little bit? Is it bonus mark? Is it um, be it'll a bonus? be mark slash dilithium based. I don't know exactly what it's going to be okay. yet. Okay. And so they'll all have everything you play will have value. It'll also give us more data on task force that people aren't playing. Maybe there's something broken out there or something that just that has some problems and we'll, we'll get to see it more and then we can remove it or fix it. And um, it ensures that if somebody who wants to play this one obscure thing or something that they need to finish their rep, they can ensure that will fill up for them and they right. can participate it and then right. everybody wins. Okay. So there's another part to that that is also coming, but it's coming a little bit later. And so I won't, I'll refrain from talking about that, but it's, it's related to that and encouraging plays of different uh, task force as well. And then that's how that dovetails into the tier six reputation because everything you play has value to you and you can get more rewards from that rep by finishing that. All right, that's interesting. I, I look forward to it because, yeah, you're right. Two things are going to happen. All the existing reputations are now going to have to be taken from tier five to tier six. So everybody's going to have to play everything. But then that'll eventually slow down, right? Until when a new reputation hits and, and people try to go for that new hotness, but it'll still incentivize moving forward. A couple of things will happen right. once people finish all their tier sixes, right? Randoms will still give you a great reward, right? Right, And that great reward could be choice of marks. Right. So if you hit random, you get a big bucket of choice of marks. So you'll still get the marks that you want, yeah. right? You can, get, you can get the marks for the new for the new rep that's out and then but all everyone else still gets to get their stuff finished and they get to do their choice also even for new reps if you participate via random the marks for the new rep will be included in the bonus that's the idea because in previous and and there'll be also if you're playing random there's no cooldowns oh get out of here right so wow 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 because well two things a lot, we want to encourage people to play randoms right and so if right, you play right. randoms you can you can get stuff for the new rep you won't have to. You won't go on cooldowns, and you get bonus rewards of your choice. Right, and that's unprecedented because, if I remember correctly, the choice of marks are usually behind a few from the rep. Right, so a choice of mark. If it's a new reputation, the new reputation yeah, marks don't get in there. No, they get added not, later. They get added later. So, but right. in this because scenario, to play the, right, right. But in this scenario, it will now immediately be included. Yeah. Wow. For, for wow, wow. That is the currently what we are thinking, yeah. you know, uh, TM, yeah. right? The idea is we want you to play random because that benefits the community, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah, it also yeah. stops people from exploiting what might be a queue that is task force. It's going to take me a while, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, from, you know, saying, oh, I'm just going to play this one, these two over and over and over again okay. because, and, and, which feels good as far as I can get lots of rewards by playing Q who will not be named um, but uh, infected space 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but at the same time, it's like, when are you going to make a new queue? Why is this? It's so boring. The same thing. He says, well, there's tons of good stuff right, out there, right? Right, right. But we recognize that it's not the same return on investment. So we're going to give you a good return on investment if you play lots of different things. And hopefully that will be fun for everybody. Right. And right. you, you know, you might get one that you don't like, but you're going to get a good reward for it. Right, right, right. That's awesome, Al. That's really that's really exciting. I think that that's going to make a lot of players happy, um, especially the more casual gamers that uh, that sometimes feel yeah. left behind after if they if they miss the game for a few months. So, so the important thing I'll add a caveat that this is a a system that is in development. The broad strokes of what I talked about are accurate. The details may change. So, caveats there and everything I said, especially since I'm not thinking very clearly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Now, what else are you excited about for Age of Discovery? I mean, we have Mary Wiseman. You've got Reka Sharma. I can't really say about being much more excited about anything else yeah, except right, that. Right, I mean, right. you were there. I just did everything I could to not look like a blubbering idiot completely drooling over <laughs> Mary Wiseman. Um, that was just, it's, uh, that's just surreal. Yeah. Two very just genuine and wonderful and charming people. To join a game, and, and you and I have both been, you know, very enamored with Tilly. That right. she's been our favorite character for a long time. So I can be more excited about that. What else am I excited about? I'm excited about uh, being able to work directly with CBS and the writers directly to be able to working on now not currently one, but soon multiple Star Trek shows, right, and be right, able to pull right. from all of that content, all of those stories and characters and locations and technology and gadgets and things that they do. And so like every day I go to work, there's like, here's a new thing. And I also, I did a panel with the writers, so I did panels with the writer of the, of the um, Discovery ID, uh, IDW comics, Michael Johnson, and the editor from the novels, which now I can't remember his name, and we went backstage and we just started, you know, chatting about what all three of us were doing. So we can kind of cross-pollinate our stories across oh, each other, yeah, right? Yeah, that's really great. Right, yeah, because we're yeah. getting Jaula, yeah, who is yeah. uh, Takuma's sister, but that character was created in the IDW comics by Michael Johnson. Right. Also co-authored by Kirsten Beyer, the one, you know, the head writer from uh, from Discovery. Right. And so they gave us that character, and so so it's not just the TV shows, but cross-pollinating with the books and the and the comic books and the novels, and in some way a big way like Jaula, but hopefully also in small ways like maybe in the novel. Tilly breaks her arm, and we'll talk about that. Yeah, you yeah, know, right, something right. if we can do that. Right. So, so having a chance to be on stage with them, and going backstage and say, hey, you know, we're going to just kind of start a little like wiki and just kind of so yeah, we can why just not? Keep, why not? just uh, talk about everything that we're doing. That's exciting. That's really exciting. So, what about uh, this new Starbase um, event, Starbase One? Starbase One? Yeah. What's what's going on there? Well, Starbase One will be um, one of the episodes that you'll experience in the first season of Age of Discovery. In the uh, fall, as, coming out in the in fall. In the fall, as well as our first queue. And, um, task Force. Oh, geez. You guys are killing me with this Task Force <laughs> stuff. Um, and um, it'll be about the House de Gore take, you know, the fall of Starbase One by the House de Gore that we saw on the show. Right. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Well, I look forward to that. What else do you want? What what else is on burning on your mind that you'd like to chat about, or something that happened over the convention? Anything part of the game that you'd like to tell the players about? Well, the convention was really crazy this this year, and we had some. Like I said, we had five panels, and I got and I, I was fortunate to be on three of them, and one of them was was a real hoot with Aaron Eisenberg and Chase Masterson and Max Grudenchek 
I got to meet in person Andrew Robinson, mm-hmm. um, who you got what a to delight. Ch- what a delightful! Oh man. my God, what a wonderful guy! What a wonderful um, man. Delight, definitely delightful. This is, is is a good word for him. And I went and I talked to him. Hey, so because I only talked to him on Skype and on email and stuff, and and he came over to see his game and he saw his character and you know Garrett. This is Garrett, and he's making his the way Weston animated him and the mm-hmm. cutscenes, and he was he. he completely adored it he was he was so taken he's, then he volunteers hey I'd love to come on the panel with you so we added him to the panel Good. so the four of us so the four of them were on the panel along with uh, me and 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 uh, um, Chase yeah well Chase Aaron. Aaron, Chase Aaron Max Grodencheck and, and him and then uh, along with Thomas Maroney our ship artist and Scott Boyd our environment artist and also a call him our cinematographer he does our storyboarding for our mm-hmm. cutscenes talking about Age of Discovery, specifically Quark's Lucky 7. Right. And I think it was, th- that panel was a riot. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, uh, no thanks to Aaron, but right. <laughs> he was, yeah. he's a character. Yeah. And so that was a lot of fun, and that was room was pretty packed, and there was a, there was a lot of good friendly banter going back and forth, and so that was a blast. But then today, going up on stage with Mary Wiseman and then revealing Rekha Sharma, who will be joining us? That was uh, one of our big reveals, yeah, yeah. as well as we revealed the tardigrade uh, yeah. uh, at the, uh, and that's when she came out. And uh, I got a chance to really get to know Rika over this week, and that was really that was really great. But well, back to Andrew Robinson, we went to dinner, you yeah, and I, yeah, and yeah. and Andrew Robinson showed up at the buffet, and he came over and said, "Hey guys," and right. they gave us a hug and right, right. good to see you, and so friendly, very friendly guy. Just it's so wonderful and so so such a such a you know, I know it's just such a blessing to, to, to get to work with these people yep. that you grew up with watching, right? Yeah. Some of us did. But um, <laughs> <laughs> you knew you had to get one of those in there. Ooh, <laughs> if you only saw the sly eye that he just shot me. That side uh, eye. Woo. So um Yeah, so then when we got out we got on stage today yeah. and I was anxious. Yeah. Right? Yeah. To be on stage with these two. Particularly Mary, because I hadn't really, I only briefly spoken with her before, and I'm sitting next to her, and I'm just, you know, trying to be cool and trying not to be silly for Tilly. Trying not to be silly for Tilly. Oh, she's looking at me. She's looking at me. She's talking to me. (laughs) So I'm just being goofy. But inside, my inner child was feeling that, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, so that was just really delightful. And then going backstage and talking with them, and then, and then immediately the panel after that, they were brought on stage. Everyone who had disco T-shirts from the show, from the from the convention. And the entire cast of Discovery piled into this tiny, tiny little backstage. Yep. And we're just sitting there talking to Mary Chifo and, Ma- and Mary Wiseman and Reka and um, a few others. And they all just started showing up. And then they all started taking their shirts off and putting on <laughs> Discovery t-shirts. <laughs> and stuck in the middle here. And I'm like, I shouldn't be here. <laughs> I'm here. What do I do? And it was packed. And they all ran out stage and surprised everyone on yeah. stage. And that was, Al's, that was a blast. Al's face is caught between... Wilson Cruz and Anthony Raps and Shazad Latif's pecs as they're all <laughs> trying to change out yes. their, um, their t-shirts. So that was so that was um, that was just special. Those yeah, are just those yeah. are just special memories, yeah, and man. I'm just always grateful for yeah. um, to come out here. Hmm. Oh, I do have to share my I have to share one moment. It's not yeah. Star Trek Online related at all, but so I've been coming to conventions. Well, for many, many years, since even before I was on Star Trek Online. But I've been coming to STLV specifically for, I don't know, six or seven years now. Seven. Something like that, seven years. I'm coming here in every, and New York as well, and many in San Francisco. And on almost every single one of them, Nichelle Nichols is here, mm. right? She's always there. 
and I've never had the courage to go up and talk with her, right? Because I don't, I get to talk to a lot of the to a lot of the actors here, but it's it's often under like, okay, hey, I think this would be an interesting person to come to join Star Trek Online, see if they'd be interested, and I could talk to them. And I don't really have, I'm not, I don't have any BS to tell Michelle that like, hey, look, I'm at Star Trek Online, you want to, you know, come in our game, and you know, that's not really what she's doing right now, right? Right. You know, and, but I just, you know, I idolize her, right? Grew up with her, she's a legend, and. I don't want her signature and I don't want her photo. I just wanted to meet her. And I was shy to meet her. I go and I talk to every single one of these guys. That's my job. And, and I'm, I'm perfectly confident to do that. But with her, it was different, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I, I went ahead and I asked the handler. She says, okay, I just, I don't, I just want to meet her. Is that okay? I didn't want a signature or anything. I just wanted to say hi. And they said, yeah, that's fine. She says, okay. So I went up and I, I go up and talk with her. And I says, hi, I just, I just wanted to meet you. My name is Al Rivera. And I wanted to tell you that... I grew up watching you and your show, and my sister introduced me. She's 15 years older than me and introduced me to Star Trek. We watched it together, and I was a child. And I, I grew up watching you uh, on the bridge of the Enterprise, a black woman on the bridge, and I never thought twice about it as a child. And I grew up thinking that that was perfectly normal. And of course, it's perfectly normal, but somehow our society hasn't made it normal. But I grew up thinking that way, and and. I never thought about it, but it did, that shaped me, right? Um, and I told her that I wanted to thank her for that, and that now I work for Star Trek, and I get to continue those stories, and, and that was because of my experience watching, 100% was because of my experience watching that show yeah. with her in it. And she was so gracious, and she said, I want to shake your hand, thank you, and I want to give you something, and I want to give you... I want to give you a picture and she signed a picture and gave uh -huh. it to me and just a classy wonderful beautiful lady and that was the highlight of my show I mean yeah it was giddy and silly for Tilly up there and we were having a lot of fun but that was a special moment I've heard that she may not do another convention again so I had to take my shot yeah right yeah. Good so, for you, man. Good so, for you. so so I was very grateful that's that's the magic of, of uh, Star Trek Las yeah. Vegas yep. that's the magic indeed Again, Al, I'm so very grateful that uh, we had the opportunity of working together again this year for your big panel on Sunday. Uh, and, of course, throughout the week in, uh, in Star Trek Las Vegas. It's a shame it only happens once a year, but it's so heavy that it's so <laughs> intense that I don't know that we could do it twice a year. It's going to be here again real yeah, soon. It'll be here again real <laughs> yeah. soon. The next year will fly right by. And thank you for helping us. Thank you for being a part of it, LEO. You're an eminent professional. And I couldn't imagine being up there with anyone else besides you. So thank you. Hopefully we'll do it again next that means, year. That means a lot to me. Al. That does, it does, it really does. Well, until next year. Until next year, make sure silly for Tilly trends. Hashtag silly for Tilly. Hashtag silly for the number Tilly. All right. See you later. Well, that wraps up episode 376 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. For more great podcasts like Mission Log, Women at Warp, and The Trek Files. Visit podcasts.roddenberry.com. Captains, you know we love hearing from you, so leave us a comment on our website at priorityonepodcast.com, on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash priorityonepodcast, or tweet us via at priorityonepod. Now don't miss a thing from the Star Trek multiverse. Catch our episodes every Friday by pointing your favorite podcast app to feeds.priorityonepodcast.com. When we get back onto our regularly scheduled programming, you can even join us 
during the live episode recordings on Tuesday nights via facebook.com forward slash priority one podcast. Those happen at around 1130 Eastern. And if that wasn't enough, be sure to spend some time with Admiral Winters and the Priority One Armada on Saturday nights. On Saturday nights, the Armada takes to our Twitch channel, where they review the latest Star Trek Online and Armada news, as well as spotlight some of the amazing members in our community. Each week, we team up with you, the viewers, and earn things like reputation marks and dilithium. With regular giveaways, there is something for all STO players, new and old. Follow us on twitch.tv forward slash priority one. And if you'd like to join the Armada, visit priorityonearmada.com. This episode of Priority One Podcast is brought to you by you, our patrons, via patreon.com. Find out more and add your support at patreon.com. Now, captains, even if you can't make a financial contribution, please help spread the word about the show and invite your fellow Trekkies. It's your support that keeps us going. Don't forget to tune in to Priority One Productions' Guard Frequency podcast at guardfrequency.com. Each episode, the Guard will take you inside the universe of your favorite space sims, including a tabletop adventure played out by your hosts. And Heroes Rise brings you up to date with the world of Dungeons and Dragons. Learn all about the latest publications, tools, tips, tricks, and traps in less time than it takes to skin a wyvern. Head over to heroesrisepodcast.com to discover their secrets. A very special thanks to Associate Public Relations Manager for Perfect World Entertainment, Deanna Peter. To Star Trek Online's Community Manager, Mike Fatum. To Star Trek Online's Lead Designer, Al Rivera. And the rest of the Perfect World and Cryptic team for all their hard work in putting together the Discovery Panel on Sunday morning. And for inviting me to moderate again this year. It is a true honor. A very special thanks to the audio team back at home who worked feverishly throughout the week to make sure that we were able to produce this show and publish it on time for you. Brandon Parker, Jake Morgan, Ben Churchill, Anthony Cox, James Skifter, and of course, Quintus. Thanks to producer Jake Morgan for assisting in writing our show notes and our social media endeavors. Thanks to our graphic artist and web designer and t-shirt maker extraordinaire, Henry Pomper for producing our hashtag silly for Tilly t-shirts that we gave Mary Wiseman and Rekha Sharma, as well as the Priority One t-shirts that he generously donated for us to hand out to convention attendees. Thanks to the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. Thanks to our syndication partners, Subspace Radio and Trek Radio. Thanks to Patreon associate producers, Navy Boats Lou and Jim DeVico. But most importantly, captains, a big thanks to you, the Star Trek community, our listeners, our supporters, our friends. Because without your ongoing support, none of this would be possible. Enemy ship on sensors. Red alert. Shields up. Sue, no. Engage.
captains. Oh, Kenna's leaving. That's because this is this is Kenna signing off from STLV 2018. Sync one. All right. Sorry, I'm gonna slur my words a little bit. I'm pr I'm pretty um I'm I'm pretty baked right That's now. That's all right. No worries. <laughs> not like baked. Not baked. Into, baked. Not like baked. Baked. I'm not. Up, I'm not like into the vernacular. Just so tired. Just, just tired. tired. Yeah. So in uh, in uh in not uh, uh in the autumn. Uh, I, I don't know why I'm saying autumn, but fall. <laughs> yeah, in the fall. Same thing, but sorry, brain. Um. Well, Al, I think it's time to pack up and go home. Yes. And recuperate after and curl a up in ball, a little ball. A ball and yes. Yes. Just cry and in my never nudes. And uh, oh, tell me, you've, you've watched Arrested Development, haven't you? It's not my thing. But you've all right. Never I mind. watched a couple episodes. <laughs> not my thing. I don't like watching TV with uh, people who are bad to each other all the time. True. True. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Well, Al, again, so very. Uh, all right, this is closing. Well, that wraps. Well, well, well cows must be. That wraps up with episode 376. <laughs> Bang. <laughs> Where's my banjo? Where's my banjo? <laughs> you can even join in on the fun while we record our lap. Uh, lap blah, 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 blah. episodes. When we get back to normal. This episode. <laughs> 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 Don't forget to tune in to pray. <laughs> forget to tune. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, forget to tune in to Guard Frequency. Hey Tony. Wah, wah, hey Tony. <laughs> With additional help from our good old friend Quinters. Quinters. Podcast. Roddenberry. Com. The Roddenberry Podcast Network.